Today's scripture reading is going to come from the book of Ephesians. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16. And it reads, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effectiveness to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Christ is the head of the church. As Alvaro just read from Ephesians chapter 4, there are different aspects and parts of the church. There's the universal church, where all saved believers are a part. And then there are local bodies of the called-out saints who have responsibilities. And the question I want to start with this morning is, what would Jesus say about the Ontario Church of Christ? We know that we have many New Testament epistles written to specific groups of the Lord's body. We know that in Revelation, it is written specifically to seven churches. So if you please turn to Revelation chapter 1. Let's read the first three verses. Revelation 1, verses 1 through 3. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. We see, first of all, that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And the lesson is not about the book of Revelation, but again, an understanding just of the first three verses clarifies what was going on here. He sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. And John's going to communicate these words to these seven churches in Asia. Who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all the things he saw. And then again, a reminder, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written in it. That information is going to be revealed by Jesus that should be listened to and responded to. And based on that, people are going to be blessed. We have information about the role of the local church and how important it is in the spiritual growth of each individual as well as the body. And then again, a reminder that the time is near. Revelation chapter 1, the first part of verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. So if an epistle were written today to the Ontario Church of Christ, what would it say? 
Well, we have the completed will of God. So we can look at God's word and see what we're required to do. And we can measure how we're doing. But think about being one of these churches, members of these groups, and receiving specific revelation about what your group is doing well and what they're not doing well, and the accountability that comes with that. And again, think about all those different groups in the New Testament. I still have to finish the Thessalonian series, and I almost preached on 2 Thessalonians, sort of an overview. But again, we spent a great deal of time looking at that local group. We saw the establishment of that group. We saw the challenges of that group. We saw what that group was doing well. And one of the reminders in 2 Thessalonians is even though they were doing well, they still struggled with things like when would Christ return, even though Paul had clearly taught that. Every congregation of Lord's people has its own unique challenges. There's never a sense where we're just stuck in one place. It's made up of people, and people bring with it problems and issues that we have to deal with. Let's take a look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last. And what you see, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. So just in this verse, these this verses here, we see that it was written specifically to these seven churches. And they're going to undergo a great persecution by the Roman government. But yet, they're not given excuses. They are told what they must need to correct and what they must do. That they maintain their good standing before the Lord. And even individual members in a one particular church, even if that group was not doing what the Lord wanted as a whole. They were still recognized for their individual service and the fact that they were keeping their garments clean. Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Just think about that for a moment, about each of these groups having its own angel. Now remember that the New Testament is not completed yet, and angels are going to be used partly to help reveal this information. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So lampstands are going to represent these local groups and congregations. The seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. And very quickly we see again that specific instruction is given to each of these groups. Revelation chapter 2 verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write... Revelation chapter 2, verse 8, and to the angel of the church of Smyrna write. And Revelation 2, verse 12, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos write. Verse 18, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write. Chapter 3, verse 1, and to the angel of the church in Sardis write. Chapter 3, verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. And chapter 3, verse 14, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. And again, we're not going to take the time this morning, but I encourage you to read it. And you can see that each of these groups had things going for it, sometimes not good things going on. We know, for example, the group at Ephesus, it's talked about that 
they were doing well in fighting against false doctrine. But they, Jesus had this against them, that they had left their first love. And so here they're being complimented on what they were doing well. But the fact that they needed to correct certain things, that their lampstand may not be removed. In other words, let's say you're here this morning and you're not part of a local church or group. Then you need to consider what the Bible says about that. And how it's necessary and how it's a responsibility and how it's an expectation for disciples of Christ. The first step is to become part of the universal church, the Lord's body, by responding to the gospel call. And then it's making the decision about joining a local body of the Lord's church. How critical is each part of the body? We had Alvaro just read from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Let's look at that reading a little more closely. The first thing we see is there are different roles mentioned in that passage which you read. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Now, of course, again, the whole New Testament wasn't completed at that point. We know that revelation is going to cease to exist because the completed will of God is going to be revealed. And we know, for example, that looking at the path of the local church, that it has elders. That that is a fully functioning uh, part of the governing of, of the Lord's local church. That there are deacons. That there are evangelists. That there are people of different works. And I think of all the different people here who contribute things that maybe members aren't aware of. And we're going to highlight some of those today. And what I want us to consider is how critical you are as a part of a local group, as a part of the Ontario Church of Christ. What can I do better? What could I contribute more? How could I serve more? And I want each of us to consider our membership and notice how critical it is. So we know that in having elders, for example... We have a group of men who watch over the spiritual well-being of the members of the group, of the flock. That's their responsibility. We know from 1 Timothy and from Titus that these are ongoing qualifications that exist. We know deacons that take care of physical needs. Again, think of all the different people who contribute here. Whether it's the cleaning of the building, whether it's teaching Bible classes, including the children's classes, how much time and effort they put into that. I think of all the brethren here who pray for one another, who send encouragement to one another, who do good deeds for their brethren. And again, I ask us all to consider where we're at in our own individual work and how we can contribute to the work that takes on here. The third point from the passage in Ephesians 4, it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That we as a local group, the Ontario Church of Christ, have a responsibility to preach the gospel. To the community. We have two gospel meetings coming up this year. And again, hopefully we'll prepare ourselves to attend. And also prepare to invite others to attend those opportunities. And the fact that we are equipping the saints so you could do the work. And also so you could walk in a way that would be glorifying to God and in a pattern following Christ. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. Are you edified when you're among brethren? Is it something you look forward to? Do you look at it as a task? Do you look at it as something to check off on a list? If you're not looking forward to it, you're not edified there, then please talk to the elders because there's a problem. 
If you're just coming on the Lord's Day or Wednesday or whenever we meet just to check a box, but it's not building you up, you're not growing the way you, you should, then again, I encourage you to talk to the elders about that. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. It is the will and intent of God that we be united in mind. The only way to be united is not through our diverse opinions. It's through His Word and coming to a common unity on the things that matter, not things of opinion. Again, not bringing carnality into the church, things of the world. But we act like Christians. When we have problems, we resolve those problems like Christians should. We love one another in resolving those problems. We pray about those issues. We do things according to the pattern that's been established in the New Testament church. When it says in that passage to perfect a man, that means complete. That means we're thoroughly equipped. And we know later on in the book of Ephesians in the 6th chapter, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. That we have the ability to be equipped to deal with all situations in life. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Again, remembering that it's His church, and it is Christ and His Father God who we're trying to please. And that will help us keep focused on our attitudes, and again, how we participate and deal with things. That we should no longer be children. We know that Jesus talks about children in terms of the innocence of children. But in this context, we're talking about maturing. That we go on from milk to solid food. And so, again, the reason I bring this lesson up today is because we're starting a new calendar year. And there might be different times where you evaluate what's going on with yourself individually or with groups you're a part of. And again, I couldn't help but think about all the opportunities we have this year. And I I couldn't help but think, as it was announced this morning, about Dylan moving. Well, there's a song leader. There's someone who teaches Bible classes. There's someone who's done lessons. And I know he'll do well, and I wish him well, and I love him. But the fact that we as a group, how do you make up for that void? Other people are going to have to step up and fill and lead songs or preach those lessons or teach class. I appreciate the effort that Brother Stewart has put forth. We see him now teach for several Sundays. And so again, us considering our own individual work and how we're going to contribute to the Ontario Church of Christ, and what that would mean in terms of how we're viewed by God. That we should no longer be tossed to and fro. That we become consistent people. And part of being a consistent disciple is being part of a consistent group. Which means that we have expectations. And we follow those expectations. Like a family. If you had a family member who wasn't in attendance, who didn't come home, You'd be worried about them. You'd want to find out what happened to them. When we miss, do we let someone know that we're not going to be there? And let them know why? Not because the elders or the members are trying to lord over them or intrude upon their personal life. But because we're a family. Because we care about one another. That's the beauty of this group. Is that we have an opportunity to watch out for one another. To help encourage, edify one another. And even rebuke, which is a word we don't often associate. But that is a work of the local church. And it is a work of brethren. 
if someone's going off on the wrong path, that we say something, that we talk with them, we speak to them out of love, because we're concerned about their spiritual well-being. That we're not carried to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. And we know that we're inundated from the world with all sorts of worldly philosophies and doctrine. We know in the religious world we are given all sorts of false information, including about what the local church is. And so it's our responsibility to make sure that we're equipped so that doesn't happen. In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So there are men and people out there who deliberately try to trick others, who try to deceive others. And again, what the church is, is one of the great uh, deceits that takes place, one of the great lies that takes place. But speaking the truth in love. And again, notice that both those components in Ephesians chapter 4 are included together. Speaking the truth is important, but it's also how we do it. If we're sound on doctrine, but we have not love, or if we love someone, but we're not willing to speak the truth, then we're lacking. We know what is said in John chapter 4, when Jesus talks to the woman in the well about the necessity to worship in spirit and in truth, that both those components are necessary. So yes, we need to be sound in doctrine and speak the truth. But we also need to do it out of love. If I don't have a relationship with you, but yet I'm going to come up to you and try to correct you, how are you going to receive that? Not well at all because we haven't demonstrated any love towards you. Why should I listen to someone who doesn't demonstrate any love towards me? The next part may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. So anything we do as a local group has to be by the authorization of Christ. He is the head. We are not the head. And if we would just understand this concept, it would slow us down in how we act and the decisions we make, knowing that we are limited in our authority. So an example we could think of is we know that we just went through and did the collection. We do not have the authority to spend the money however we want to because it's the Lord's money. If we're partaking of the Lord's Supper, just think of the name. It's the Lord's Supper. We don't have the ability or right to just change it or alter it however we want to because it's the Lord's. And again, that will help us in having the right attitude even when we have things we might disagree with. We know we're going to handle it the right way because Christ is the head of the church, not us. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Brethren, we are interconnected. The universal church is interconnected, but we as a local group are interconnected. And we see those examples. When we study from 1 Thessalonians, we saw the love that those brethren had for one another. The love they had for Paul and Timothy and Silas. The love they had for brethren in other places. We're a family. We're knit together. And again, we know, and I have a recent example of this, which I'm almost embarrassed to share, but... I understand when the body starts to, to change. I went to the DMV to take my license renewal and foolishly didn't think about the fact they'd give me an eye test. And I quickly realized the difference between my left and right eye. It was on the verge of me not getting my license. So don't avoid me in the parking lot as I pull out. I'm, I'm okay. But uh, it was a reminder, again, I'd never recognized until I shut one eye there's a difference. And that how one is much stronger than the other eye. 
And so we do things like glasses or contacts to correct that eye that we might see clearly. So just think about the part or role you have in this local work. How important you are as an individual. Don't have the attitude, well, I'm just going to leave everything to someone else. And don't think that your role is insignificant, whatever role that is. And again, I don't do this to make people feel uncomfortable, but I think of, of Sam and Debbie. It's pretty evident what they contribute to this group. Have you seen them in terms of constantly cleaning up and maintaining the building? You know, I mean, uh, I'll confess, Sam, there are some nights it's like, okay, can we, you know, time to go home now. But they're there working hard and getting things prepared. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate that. And that's not often seen by people. But do we think about that? That there's someone coming up here opening the building. There's someone closing the building. You know, Brother Bob Blades has been given the responsibility to help uh, with the building maintenance. And so you've probably seen several occasions where he'll come here and clean up the front because there's all sorts of things that have been done to it. Do we appreciate that? Do we appreciate the teachers who teach the small children and recognize how important their role is? And understand that we as parents can contribute by preparing our child for that class just out of respect for the people who are taking their time to teach that class and to teach our children. Again, thinking about every part and how interconnected we are. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. Each of us have a part and have a responsibility. And I've quoted and referenced Brother Shane Grow a lot. And I'm going to do it again. Because even in his time of personal trial and physical difficulty, he continues to serve the Lord and he continues to serve the brethren here at the Ontario Church of Christ. Whether it is contacting encouraging people, He's back to completely taking care of the finances. He contacted the Ontario Police Department to enroll us in a program to help maintain the building. What an example he has been for me as an individual. I don't feel well. I have something going on. All I have to do is look to his example. He loves God. He loves Christ. And he loves his brethren so much that even in spite of all his personal difficulties, he continues to serve this local group. And again... If some of us feel guilty or ashamed, maybe thinking that we could do more, then good. That's a good thing to feel that. That's what a conscience does. And it hopefully motivates us to do more and do what's right. So what opportunities are provided for every part of the body as we are now in this new year? He Assembling together. Just your, your being here does make a difference. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Notice we're to stir up love and good works, but it's also connected with not forsaking the assembly of the saints. I mean, I could tell my family members that, well, I still love you, but... I'm not going to attend an important event in your life. And that's not going to work. I mean, my presence is going to be necessary. Now, we do have brethren that, that can't be out because of physical illness and difficulty. But again, 
I would encourage us to think about and take advantage of the opportunities we have to assemble together. I've noticed, for example, on, on Wednesday, we've had a good number on Wednesday. And again, that I know that all of us have personal challenges or difficulties. But in order to stir up love and good works, part of that is meeting together and assembling together. And that's important. And so we take role of people. And, and, it's not, and we don't go back and say, oh, this person's missed so many days and compare that. But it is data to help realize, is there a pattern? Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, as is the manner of some. In other words, that's a pattern. It's not a one-time occasional thing, but it's become a pattern amongst them. So we can assemble together. That's something that each one of us can do. And in assembling together, preparing for that assembly, whether it's being here on time, whether it's making sure that we're engaged, I know, for example, Brother Stewart appreciate when, when, when people made comments today. He, as a teacher, you really appreciate that engagement. You appreciate people paying attention. You appreciate people uh, being engaged in what you're teaching. A second thing that every part of the body, every one of us here could do as part of this local group is to pray. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Now, let's think for a moment. Can you think of someone of our number who's suffering? We can think of a whole bunch of people. I think specifically of Sister Lori Woodside and the difficulties with her mother and, that, and the family. And, you know, that they're at a point now they have to consider going up to Oregon. It might be a last-minute thing because of that rapid change. That family is suffering. What can we do? Well, we know we can pray for them. It says, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Those are two things that can be done in the assembly. Of course, praying we can do individually as well as well as singing. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And I'll let you know the elders are available. Please let us know if you ever have a need like just coming to pray. And we, we, we've done this for, for brethren. Uh, for Brother Shane, we certainly did. And I know he, him and his family appreciate that. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So again, the value of this type of prayer. Verse 16. Another thing. Again, in the assembly. Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. So the invitation is given, and it's an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel call. But it's also an opportunity to have brethren pray for you, knowing that you're struggling, knowing that you need help. It's very clear what these passages teach. And then it says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So what's your motivation as the individual member to be right before God? That your prayers are heard. That that's how important it is. That your individual life does affect other people. And if you do what the Lord wants you to do, you become an advocate in prayer. And we know all things are done when we pray according to the will of God. It's God's will as Christ prayed in the garden. Verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And I don't want us to just gloss over this. It says Elijah was what? 
was a man with a nature like ours. So we have the same capability to pray fervently as Elijah did, even though he was a prophet of God. Another thing we could do that everyone has an opportunity, each part of the body, is to comfort and to edify. We just saw about singing psalms. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 11. This, this has to do in the context of the return of Christ. It says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. That there were false teachers in Thessalonica telling them that the return of Christ had already occurred or they might have missed it. And no, that hasn't occurred. Here's how it's going to occur. And in spite of that clear teaching, we know that in 2 Thessalonians... Paul has to remind them, even though they're doing well, of these same things. Which tells us something else. It tells us that local groups can struggle with certain points of doctrine or teaching. Sometimes they have to work through it. And sometimes it takes time to accomplish those things. But we can edify and we can encourage one another. Another thing we could do is submit to one another. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That verse alone, do we understand what the will of the Lord is? That's necessary before we can act on it. If we don't understand the will of the Lord, then our action may not be consistent with what the Lord's will is. Verse 18, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And how are we filled with the Spirit? By the revelation, by the teaching that the Lord gives us through His Word. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so again, by assembling together, each of us are contributing. And it's not a choir, so there's no prerequisite that you have to have a, a certain voice or you have to have a certain understanding of music. Those things can contribute to how well we do something because we want to do all things the best of our ability. But each of us can contribute something. And again, the beauty of that structure, our voices blending together to praise God in song. And then it says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So being humble, submitting to one another, Looking out for each other's interest. Again, this will slow us down sometimes when maybe we're upset with someone and we want to make it personal. Remember what the objective. This is the Lord's church and all of us want to get to heaven. And the way we act, the way we treat each other is critical. Another thing that we could do each as an individual part is to restore brethren and to bear the burdens, to carry the weight of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. So right away, it says you who are spiritual. So the more spiritual we are, the more right we are, the more effective we're going to be. And then again, that spirit of gentleness. Our approach... Our love is demonstrated by the way we handle it. We don't come across and just angrily uh, tell someone they're doing something wrong. We might be upset about it. But again, 
We need to be gentle and do this in love while yet standing for the truth. It says it right there. Considering yourself lest you also be tempted. So we have an individual to watch out for our brothers and sisters, but also to watch out for ourselves. Verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So just by that verse alone, we see there is a law of Christ. And we have the opportunity to fulfill it. How? By bearing one another's burdens. That we carry that weight with them. That we work with them. And that means that it could mean some sacrifice to our time. It could mean some sacrifice in terms of what we want to do individually. But we love our brothers and sisters so much. And we love God so much. And appreciate what was done for us that we're willing to do that. Verse 4. But let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So again, each of us as parts, we still have our own individual responsibility to be the disciple that God wants us to be. For each one shall bear his own load. And then let me go back and read verse 3, which I skipped over. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So again, we can all feel good about ourselves, but again, the humility in recognizing that only through the grace of God am I anything. If it weren't for Christ, I would not be reconciled with God. If it weren't for His will and His information, I would know nothing of value. It's all because of the Lord. We have the opportunity to study as an individual, to prepare for Bible classes, to prepare for teaching others. Acts 17, verses 10 through 12, the same uh, chapter that deals with the Thessalonians says in verse 10, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. And we talked about the context of that. that The Thessalonians did a lot of good things. So this isn't putting them down. It's talking about, again, those who resisted the truth in Thessalonica. And look at how the Bereans are receiving it. It says, these were more fair-minded than those of Thessalonica. How? In that they received the word with all readiness. So as an individual part, we can receive the word with all readiness. And search the scriptures daily. Is this something that we're doing individually? Do we search the scriptures daily? To find out whether these things were so. So... It's not just coming here once a week, twice a week, and okay, whatever is taught is taught, and I'll I'll look at that information. But it's our own individual responsibility to study. And if we study daily and find out whether those things are so and are fair-minded about it and humble, then that's going to contribute to the local work and the local group here. We know about the Lord's Supper. We're commanded about that. And again, the importance of that act and how we... Uh, respond 1 Corinthians 11 and Acts 20 verse 7 where we know that Paul partook of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. We know that giving is commanded and the way that we give is important. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 and 2 on the first day of the week. And 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 and 7 that we're to be a cheerful giver. So if I give but I'm doing it like with the wrong attitude then it's worthless. It's similar to what we studied in Isaiah chapter 1 about, again, enough with the sacrifices. Because those people are not doing what God wanted them to do. 
So again, reminding us, what opportunities do we have as members of the Ontario Church of Christ? Bible classes to participate, to fully participate, to come prepared, and to be there at those opportunities. To be a Bible class teacher. We have a slot of open up, Dylan's slot. A song leader. Again, I appreciate, and, and I'm willing to do song leading myself. There are men more talented, more talented at, at that than I am. But again, I'm willing to do it. But we have other men who stepped up and continue to step up to do this. So the Blades brothers get ready. Preaching. We've had several men preach. And several young men who've been willing to do that. We have home Bible studies coming up. We have one coming up in, in February. We have the ladies study coming up. And again, I, I know that Sister Harding has spent a great deal of time preparing for that. Just out of respect for her preparation would be motivation and incentive to attend that opportunity. The two gospel meetings in 2023, Leland Ping in the spring and Brother Phil Morgan in the fall. Those are great opportunities for us to spend time together, to learn and to grow. The Love and Good Works groups. And it doesn't mean we just do love and good works that when our, our name is called. That's just a mechanism to make sure that the needs of our brethren are being met. The building, maintenance, and cleaning. That it, we're not just relying on other people, but if we see something, we're going to pick it up. We're going to straighten up our row. We're going to straighten up the area we sit. Why? Because we're mindful that other people do those types of things. Um, elders training classes. That's going to resume in 2023 after all the COVID and all the shutting down those things. Hopefully that period of time really makes us appreciate the opportunity to gather together and to participate in those things we couldn't do for a while. And again, next Sunday there's a gathering at the Blades Home and that we have an opportunity to spend some time with our brethren and to eat together and, and to converse, to encourage one another. And hopefully we will consider what our individual efforts are when it comes to what we contribute. So some questions I want us in closing to all to consider is that am I doing all I can as a member of the Lord's body? Am I doing all I can as a member of the Ontario Church of Christ? And if you're not a member, to consider the importance and necessity of being part of a local group. Am I doing all I can as a disciple of Christ? He left us his example. We're supposed to be followers of Jesus. What would Jesus do when it comes to teaching others and helping others? We end with Luke 17, verse 10. So likewise, when you have done all those things which are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. That's the mindset we should have, that we don't have limits on our abilities to serve the local church, to serve brethren, to, say, to seek and save the lost, to try to assist in that. But that we're servants, that Christ, His blood, that we are redeemed by that sacrifice, and that the grace and mercy of God motivates us to become the disciples that we should. If you're a member who has not been the servant you need to be, you can set the course right, right now. You could do so in your own mind and commit to it. 
If you need the prayers, you could come forward and ask for us to pray for you and say, you know what, I know I could do more. I know I could do better. And if you're someone who's here who has not responded to the gospel call, you have that opportunity now. And if you don't know what you need to do, we'll be happy to study with you and tell you what's necessary. Because we're talking about eternity and salvation. And every day of our lives, knowing that we have a home in heaven because of what God did through us through Christ is the most important thing. If you have a need, please come forward as we stand and sing.